This is an Orkney tale which is based on a real event, although it's been folklored up a bit. But it was an event that did happen. But this is the way that they tell it in Orkney. It's the story of the Battle of Summerdale. Now, it's said that the last pitch battle in Orkney took place at Summerdale, on the borders between Stennis and Orford, in the year 1529. There was actually a later battle at Pabdale, but that's another story. Anyway, what happened in 1529 was more an internal family dispute in the Sinclair family, who were, at that time, the Earls of Orkney. Now, two illegitimate sons of the old Earl had taken over Kirkwall Castle and kicked out their cousin, who was labelled as being a waster, no good, simple-minded, probably just propaganda by the brothers, but anyway, it doesn't matter. He was supposedly the legitimate heir to the earldom. And now these two had taken over against the wishes of King James V. Now, King James was very aware of the fact that he had only, as King of Scotland, he had only been ruling Orkney for less than sixty years. And so he needed to stamp his authority on the islands. He didn't want people deciding for themselves who was going to be Earl. That was his job, the job of the king. And he didn't like anybody messing around and flouting royal authority. Oh, no, didn't like that at all. So it was decided he would send an army north to teach these islanders a lesson. They couldn't flout the rules of the king of Scotland, no, they had to get it through their thick island heads that they were no longer part of Norway. They were not part of an old Viking earldom any more. They were now part of Scotland, and they had to do what they were told and like it. Now he was raising an army, and another Sinclair, John Sinclair, who was the Earl of Caithness, had volunteered to lead the force, and he raised a great many men, and they had many ships. And the plan was they would sail north from Caithness, sail up through Orkney, through Hoxha Sound, into Scapa Flow, and they would land at Scapa Beach, which is about a mile and a half from Kirkwall. And then they would march swiftly towards Kirkwall, overthrow the castle, capture it, hang this miscreants, and law and order would be restored. Simple. What could go wrong? Well, there was a date set in tune for setting off. Well, what can happen in tune? Fog. That's what can happen in tune. If you have a hot day here, and then the hot air, from the land condenses with the cold air of the North Sea. 
Well, you get fog. And that's what Errol John of Caithness got. He got fog. They were sailing away quite the thing, and suddenly, thick fog, they had no idea where they were. Now, they were in Scapa Flow, so they were heading, as far as they knew, north, and they thought, well, we'll find Scapa Beach. It's a nice, a nice sandy beach, and we'll beach the ships there, and we'll go in, and we'll knock out the castle. Easy as that. But you try finding a beach in fog. And eventually they did find a beach, a sandy beach, and they went ashore there. Now nobody knows where it was, but my money is on Walkmill Bay in Orfor. And they landed there with the idea of heading northwards to Kirkwall, because, of course, they thought they were at Scapa Bay. Um, and that is where the battle took place, north of Walkmill Bay. So that's where my money is. But anyway, this isn't a history lesson. This is a story. So I'll get down to the good bits. Now, when the Earl came ashore, he was met on the beach by an old woman. Now, he could tell a witch when he saw one, and he was looking at a witch now. She was standing there with two balls of wool. The one was dyed blue, and the other one was dyed red. Peck a ball of wool, your lordship, she said. And knowing that it's not a good idea to get on the wrong side of a witch. He chose the red one, and she started to, ca to carefully unwind the balls of wool, and the red one ran out first. And she said, Whoever's blood is spilt first will be on the side that loses. Wherever they are from, that will be the losing side. Now, Earl John did a very wicked thing. He could see a young boy herding cattle on the hillside, and he sent some of his men off to seize the boy and bring him in front of the Earl. The men went up. The boy stood there in dumb silence, not knowing what to do, and he was led down to the Earl, and he was stood in front of him. And the Earl raised his sword. The boy trembled in fear. There was a flash of a blade, and the boy screamed, and then screamed no more. He fell dead to the ground, and his blood soaked into the soil, and his blood dripped off that blade of the sword in the Earl's hand. There you go, he said. An Orkney boy has died. Now that assures victory for us, doesn't it, men? You've done a very wicked thing there, said the old woman, and a very foolish thing. That boy didn't come from Orkney. 
Him and his mother came across from Caithness last summer. His father had died, and his mother was desperate, and they managed to get work here, herding cattle. You've killed a Caithness boy, not an Arcadian. Well, when the men heard that, they started to mutter among themselves, Oh, my God, what have we done? A Caithness boy has died first. His blood has been shed. Well, the Earl ordered his men to pull themselves together and to follow him. And they marched north. They marched through boggy ground between hills. And when they came to Summerdale, well, the Arcadians had not been idle. Their spies had been watching out for them, and even despite the fog, they knew that they had landed in Orfar, and so they were lying in ambush, waiting for them. And when the Earl and his men came up the valley, then the Arcadians attacked. And the one thing that they attacked with first was stones. They threw stones down onto the soldiers below them. Now, I'm not just talking of throwing a pebble. These were big rocks, and they caused terrible injuries and death to many of the men there. Now, a strange thing happened. Because the fog had lifted, and a cross was seen in the sky above the battlefield. And the Arcadians took heart, because they said that that cross was the representation of St. Magnus himself. St. Magnus, patron saint of the islands, was there, fighting on their side. They said that miraculously stones appeared at the feet of the Orkney men, more missiles for them to throw at the hapless, hapless Scots down below. Now then the armies clashed, and a fierce battle was fought. And in it, Earl John of Caithness fell dead. Now it was claimed that St. Magnus himself was seen on the battlefield in armour fighting with the Arcadians against the Scots. Be that as it may, it was claimed, in Orkney at least anyway, that there was no Arcadians killed in that battle, although the Caithness men were routed, and very few of them got away alive, and the ones that did, that seeked pardon, were allowed to return home. Now that, though, claim that there was no Arcadians killed was not strictly true. You see, there was a man who lived in a small hut, a little tumbled-down, squalid little shack of a place on the hillside above the battlefield. And he lived there with his elderly mother. He hadn't taken part in the battle, but he'd watched. And then, when it was all over, and the field of battle was strewn with the dead, he went down to help himself. He looked around and he found things of value, pieces of jewellery, decorative pieces, a nice sword, 
and also fine clothing. He stripped the dead. He selected the clothes that he liked, the ones that would fit him. And he dressed himself up in the dead men's clothes. He stole from the dead, something that you should never do, of course. But he dressed himself up in his fine clothes, and he felt like something. He was like a peacock strutting up and down with pride at this beautiful clothes he was wearing. Oh, he was a man of some importance now. Oh, yes. And he headed off home, back up to the little hut that he lived in with his mother, to show her what a fine son she had. Now the old woman knew that there was a battle going on, and she was not happy about that. Of course, she didn't want trouble. And she was scared that she might be in danger herself. Soldiers might come and kill her. It was, after all, not an unknown thing for the civilians to suffer at the hands of a victorious army. Now she watched from her tiny little door, and she saw a stranger coming up the path towards the house, coming up the side of the hill, a stranger dressed in fine clothing. She didn't know who it was, but she expected danger. She got an old knitted stocking, and she put some rocks in the, in the foot of it, and she hid behind the door, her heart pounding with fear, waiting for this soldier to come in and kill her. So she waited behind the door, and soon the door opened, and in came the stranger, and she slung the sock filled with rocks, and whack, brought it down on top of his head, and killed him instantly. He was lying stretched out on the floor, dead. And it was only then that she recognized the face of her own son.